Welcome to the Enchanted Ears Podcast, where we discuss anything and everything Disney. I'm Angela. And I'm Joe. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking with Gray Hauser of Monorail News and a new site that he has out, Disability at Disney. So we were very lucky to have the chance to talk to him, and we're excited for you to hear that interview. But before we get into that, we're going to jump into some Disney news for the week. So Disneyland announced that the Matterhorn has an opening date now. So it's going to be opening July 2nd. So the Matterhorn we talked about is closed currently, closed for refurbishment. Um, So when Disneyland opened, there was no reopening date on that. But now we have a date, July 2nd. I believe the final hotel over at Disneyland is opening around then, maybe July 4th as well. So uh, that bodes well, I think, for Disneyland, just more and more things opening up. Uh, it's exciting. I know a lot of people are upset that the Matterhorn wasn't open, um, so now it will be open. You know what I think this calls for? What's that? Your Matterhorn uh, impersonation. Alvita Zane! Welcome to Matterhorn Mountain! You'll be able to hear that very soon. You don't have to pay royalties. It's so good. <laughs> and then also over at Disneyland, we talked last week about the new Spider-Man Web Slinger attraction having an add-on so you could basically pay to get enhanced powers in the attraction. Well, Take my money. Yeah. Well, Disney announced this week that it's going to be running on a virtual queue whenever it opens. So it'll be similar to Rise of the Resistance where at 7 a.m. you have to log on, try to get a boarding group. You can also do it at noon, I believe. And, and at noon, you can do it if you have a park hopper for either of them. And you can't be in both line, like line for that and line for uh, Rise at the same time, correct? That's correct. Yeah. So that, that is the, the key here. So you cannot hold a boarding group for both of them. So you kind of have to plan accordingly. I think it makes sense. I think Disney is, is going more and more in this direction. Bob Chapek actually just gave an interview to, I think it was JP Morgan's technology group about how their technology and park pass reservations are kind of here to stay and how they may be expanding more virtual queues. So I think this makes a lot of sense. And I think as Disney opens these new marquee attractions, we can expect virtual queuing. I think especially at Disneyland where, I mean, right now, I think everything still has to be an outdoor queue. They still have, you know, the social distancing measures in place. It's hard to have everybody running to the same attraction and having a 10-hour wait, and they're trying to avoid that. The same way they're doing that on Rise of the Resistance. I I think you have that, and also it helps them operationally because if the ride goes down, you're less likely to be impacted because it's not like you have five hours of people waiting in line. You have to tell everybody, get out of line. The ride's closed. You just kind of delay calling the next boarding group. It kind of helps expectations as well. You lose less if you're not actually waiting in line. If you do all that time, then you want to ride the ride. But if you, you know, if God forbid it's just down for the day, you didn't, I mean, yeah, you might have inconvenienced yourself for a few seconds to try to jump in that line virtually, but you didn't stand there and wait for an hour, an hour and a half. That's a good point. It all goes back to guest satisfaction. Like you said, if you're waiting in line for a couple hours and the ride goes down, you're really upset. But if you jump in a virtual queue and you get called back at 1 instead of 11, you don't care because you weren't waiting in line for those two hours. You were in the parks, enjoying other attractions, and then you get back. So yeah. I, I think unless it makes Unless you a lot wanted of sense. to leave the park, unless it was, you know, but again, there's no season passes. So I assume now that. Um, if you're there, you're there. Yeah, if you're there, you're there. You're not going to like pop in and out anymore. Especially until they bring at the back. beginning. I mean, if you're wanting to go to the Avengers campus. 
you're going to stay and ride the attraction. I, I will say the one thing I don't like about virtual queues, and maybe they will update this eventually for attractions that have virtual queues, is you can only ride them once. Yeah. That's the one thing I don't like. I, I would like if you got the virtual queue earlier in the morning, if you could try to enter it again. Now, I understand due to demand, everybody's not even getting a chance to ride it, so it's hard to do multiple rides, but that would be the one nice thing is if you wanted to, almost like do a standby. Hey, put me on a standby, and if at the end of the night you have an hour where you have nobody coming through and you can fit a thousand more people on it, you know, let me maybe get a second ride on it. Yeah, I can see that. I, I think that maybe that's something that they'll add later on after these rides have been there for a while, and then they can just kind of, you know, add that as an option. Just keep your eyes peeled. You know, with Rise of the Resistance, it still is somewhat an issue of reliability. I think that attraction still has a lot of downtime, and they can't reliably get full capacity through there. And so I think that is a limiting factor as well on you can't do multiple rides in a day. I think Spider-Man hopefully you know runs a lot smoother, and then maybe that is one where you can potentially get multiple rides in a day. But it remains to be seen. Heading over to Walt Disney World, uh, Disney announced that they are going to be converting rooms, uh, one of the buildings. They're going to be converting one of the buildings in the Grand Floridian over to DVC. Ooh. So there's going to be more uh, DVC inventory uh, at the Grand Floridian. They're all going to be deluxe suites. I believe the Grand Floridian has a very low number of DVC rooms now. So that's good, adding some more inventory. We're actually going to be talking about DVC uh, next week, actually. So we purchased uh, resale through at the Poly. We're going to be talking about our uh, buying experience there and kind of why we decided to join DVC. Uh, but that's going to be on next week's show. So this is good news. I was excited to hear this. More inventory, that's a better chance to potentially stay at the Grand Floridian. Yeah, absolutely. I would love to go there. I'd love to eat at the restaurant. I mean, everything has to go back to food for me. True. And then in the the worst news of the week, and this is uh, just bad news for us. I don't know that anybody else It's really bad news for. Can we we not tell it then and pretend it doesn't exist? That's That's the kind of news cycle I like to do. No, this exists. So unfortunately, they fixed the animatronics over at the Three Caballeros attraction this is in so Mexico. disappointing. So we are we're actually filming this news uh, pretty early on Tuesday. So you know I was going to mention like that Corella came out last Friday and say hey it's a great movie we loved it but we haven't seen it yet. So we're yeah. just going to say hey it was great because we're going to Disney. Actually, as Joe is speaking right now, he's trying to not hit my clothes off of the table that I have ready for the suitcase. Yes. So we so we are heading down. So we're, we're filming this news a little bit early and we were so excited to see the cardboard cutouts. Yes. And then like just this past week, they announced that the animatronics we, are back. We we had a whole plan with your father. Like we were going to talk about how great the ride was. And then we were going to like have him. We were going to be like, oh, check out these cool animatronics. And then it was going to be cardboard, cardboard cutouts. So, I mean, I'm really disappointed that he's going to see the real thing. So I'm banking on one of them breaking again and they bring the fern. I hope so. With the uh, sombrero back. but. But unfortunately, yeah, we, we're not going to get to see the, the cardboard cutout. So again, good news for everybody else. The animatronics are back, but bad news for us because they couldn't have waited like two more weeks. I know. I mean, come on, Disney. You this knew we were coming. You couldn't have waited a couple of weeks. But yes, we so we are going to be heading down to Walt Disney World here. And in a couple of weeks, we'll be doing our, our full trip recap on that as well. So uh, be sure to stay tuned in for that. All right. So that wraps up the news for the week. So uh, let's go on to our interview with Gray. 
So we are delighted to be joined today by Gray Hauser. He is the editor over at Monorail News and has just started a new website, Disability at Disney. Gray, welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much for having me. I love the show. It's absolutely delightful to uh, be joining you. Oh, thanks. Thank you. And for our listeners, could you maybe give us a little bit about your background and, and maybe why you love Disney so much? Right. So um, if you don't know me, and I wouldn't be presumptuous to assume that you do, um, I am legally blind. I have been for as long as I can remember since I was born. Um, and I've had a number of um, vision issues, uh, one of which actually happened at Walt Disney World, but that's, we can talk about that later. Mm. But my love of Disney is twofold. First, it's because of the phenomenal customer service and the acceptance there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? That they will go the extra mile to accommodate someone with disabilities. And then second, the actual quality of the product. Right. The fact that the parks are so immersive and the rides are so much fun and the food is so delicious. So it's oh yeah. It's two parts. <laughs> Yeah, um, I am a huge fan of the food. As <laughs> fans of the podcast know, it's what is your favorite thing? I know that this is way not where I was thinking of going, but you mentioned the food, and I guess I'm still hungry, even though I just ate. So I'll be honest my my favorite food on property is a tie between the ribs at Morimoto mm-hmm. okay. or the Lucky Ducks oysters at the Boathouse. Oh. Okay. Those are very, like, vastly different, too. Now, my favorite food that is Disney-owned not operated you know, by an outside company has got to be the Ronto Wrap minus coleslaw at Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Okay. okay. Very good. Very good. Those are some different know. recommendations. Yeah, they are. We, I don't think we've heard anybody think... recommend those places before. Yeah. That, that, that food. So those are good, good options. They're phenomenal. Please. Next time you're like, I go and it's like, all right, great. You're going to Disney World for seven days. How, how, how can you find yourself to fill that time? I'm like, well, my list of favorite restaurants is like 15 long. <laughs> so we're going to be eating every meal. Yeah. Now, now do you have a, a favorite festival at Epcot? Like, do you prefer flower and garden to food and wine or you don't care? The food's great at all of them. The food's great at all of them, but there is something about the topiaries and yes. flower yes. and garden that just really like, elevate the park experience. Nice. Yeah, I, I I think I agree. We love going down to springtime. The topiaries is a is a great time to go. The, the, the food offerings have become, I think, so similar. Like you said, they're, they're great no matter when you go. So I don't think you can really go wrong. You know, you, you mentioned that that you're legally blind, and you know, I, I mentioned at the intro you have a, a new website you're starting called Disability at Disney, right. and that was one of the reasons why we kind of wanted to, to bring you on to, to talk about the website. You know, why you decided to start the site, and you know, for people that maybe have a disability or have a family member with a disability that are thinking about traveling to Disney World and, and maybe are you know nervous or unsure how Disney deals with that kind of you know, talk through some of your experiences and some tips for people that, that may be interested. It came out of a discussion I had with Lou Mangiello from WDW Radio. Okay. Mm-hmm. And he's like, why don't you create a website for people with disabilities? That's a great niche, a niche. Mm-hmm. And um, there really isn't anyone else that we could think of as doing that. So, yeah. you know, I thought that that would be a great opportunity. 
And I thought that, you know, I had something of value to share because, you know, I think that it's really fake and artificial if you're just like recycling Disney World help pages mm-hmm. buried on the website, right? You need some authenticity there. Mm-hmm. You need some actual experiences that you can write about. And, yeah. you know, I, I don't claim to have even the worst visual disability. Like I was talking with some lovely people um, last week who are totally blind and love the parks. It just kind of, you know, puts it into perspective to me that what I'm dealing with really, that I'm blessed to have the problems I'm having, mm-hmm. you know, because it could be a greater challenge and a greater disability. Mm-hmm. And I think it's all about perspective. You have to keep what you're doing into perspective. And that's why kind of as part of the site, I'm trying to connect with and invite people who have other disabilities to join the community and to get involved. And we can all sort of share our tips and tricks. So it's really not so much about me as it is about forming a community that uh, is supportive. That's an awesome idea. I mean, it's not one, a one-size-fits-all kind of issue. I mean, we're there's visual impairments. There's so many different kinds of things that, that people want to go and they want to experience, but they still you know, have concerns. So you're creating right. a place for that so that those conversations can happen. And yeah, I, I, I think that that's a really awesome, admirable thing that you're doing. Thank you. Um, it's funny because... The beginning of Monorail News was an article about a medical issue I had at Walt Disney World. Um, so it's kind of coming full circle. Yeah, I was going to ask about that. So what what happened? So um, this was the summer of, I think it was 2018. It's a formative moment, so I feel like I should have better information. It was July. It was July of 2018. So and hot, I was hot, hot. Hot, but I was at my home in Mississippi, and I had all to see a movie. Then I began to notice that my left eye became blurry. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what is going on? I'm freaking out. So eventually yeah. I go to a doctor uh, in the next town over, and they're like, okay, don't worry about it. It's just like vitreous jelly moving around in your eye. It's no big deal. Have fun. And I'm like, well, I wasn't really satisfied with that answer. Mm-hmm. So I went and drove like four hours away and went to Memphis and spoke with um, a, an act like a specialist, specialist, specialist. And they told me that um, it was just um, basically a vitreous hemorrhage. Um, and I shouldn't worry about it. I should still go enjoy my trip. But do not ride a roller coaster because that could cause your retinas to detach. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I went on my trip. And I'm not going to lie. I was sitting enjoying the lovely food at Tiffin's. I think it was my third day. Uh-huh. I was with my cousin who I travel with a lot. And I was just looking, and my eye had miraculously healed the day before. Like it was back in tip-top shape. And I was sitting, I was looking at those beautiful, almost stained glass animal sculptures on the wall in the main dining room. Mm-hmm. And it just became blurry. And I'm like, oh, that's weird. And it got worse. And eventually I'm like, I have to get out of here. Yeah. And we had a Rivers of Light dining package, and I totally skipped it. It rushed back to the hotel, and I woke up the next morning, vision out of my left eye was totally black. 
Oh, wow. Um, and I can still see that light. And uh, so I immediately called a friend of mine, family friend, who's an eye doctor. And he said, don't worry about it. You know, it's it's probably just, you know, a piece of the, 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 the vitreous hemorrhage moving in front of the eye and blocking your vision. So I also made a call to the specialist. And they confirmed the same thing. They said, well, as long as you don't see a curtain come over your vision, you're fine. So I went about the rest of my trip for a week. That's a tough uh, thing. Yeah. It's like, don't worry about it. it you, you can't see you're having problems, but just, just don't worry about it. That, that's yeah, got to be incredibly scary. And I will yeah. tell you that the Disney cast members were great to me. I uh, Literally, I was at the Star Wars dessert party, and a cast member took me by the arm and helped me get to the viewing area. And I rode Haunted oh. Mansion, and they let me go through with a flashlight. Oh wow. oh, wow. It was incredible. Like, I know <laughs> that's kind of awful to be like, well, this awful thing that happened mm-hmm. actually yeah. kind of was a benefit. But, you know, you make a little bit of the lemonade. So yeah. I get back home and I go to see this buffet again. They're like, oh, no. They're like, this is actually way worse than we thought. Um, you need emergency surgery. Ooh. So oh, no. I went in for emergency surgery and they fixed the problem. And um, I was told that my retina was ready to detach at any moment. And it was lucky that I got that surgery when I did. So if your retina had detached, there's nothing they could do for it? There is, I believe, a reattachment surgery, but it's very risky. Mm -hmm. And it probably, you know, there's a good chance it won't work. But if it does work, your vision won't be the same. So I came very, very close to having a worse disability. Wow. And I will tell you, I was in the, the recovery room, and the first thing I said to the doctor when I got like my follow-up, I said, can I ride a roller coaster? <laughs> and they looked at me like I was nuts. <laughs> and, and I'm like, and I'm like, well, not right now, but give it a couple <laughs> weeks and sure. Um, so I wrote about this, in a medium post and it got phenomenal reception and i decided mm-hmm. hey we could kind of turn this into a disney news site because i was toying with that idea before i went on the trip mm-hmm. and now it's kind of become this this disney or disability at disney wow okay. that's crazy okay so what is the level of vision that you do have legally blind is kind of an umbrella term mm-hmm. for low vision completely blind, et cetera, et cetera. And my thing is, is that without my glasses, like I I have my computer sitting on a coffee table and I'm maybe a foot and a half away from it and I can't make out anything on the screen. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, When I I put on my glasses, it's better, but it's still blurry. I I kind Mm -hmm. of liken it to looking out of a frosted window, maybe when you get like steam on your sunglasses mm-hmm. okay. or on your car window. Yeah. Um, but it's not bad. And I, I say that because I've always had the problem. Right. Or the, 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 the I, was, I don't really call it a problem because that's you know, a little negative. But I've yeah. always had the impairment. So I don't know what 2020 vision looks like. Right. So I don't really know what I'm missing. Exactly. Like when I go, like I can't read road signs, for example, I can't drive. Um, and when I'm at the park, 
you know, I have to stand to be able to see the projections on the castle for Happily Ever After. I have to be standing like right with the partner statue or up ahead. Okay. okay. You kind of mentioned that post and then that started yep. monorail news. Um, so that, that's kind of the news site. So how long has that been going on? Is that, been since 2018 then 2018 so, yeah 2018. okay so it's been about three years so so you have that site and is, and is that just kind of general news right yeah it's just general news okay uh, just general disney news um and not just limited to the parks we cover disney plus and all of that so we've kind of tried to have a a wider breadth of content and the pandemic kind of forced us to um or forced me because it just made it does it and one other person mm. um forced me to to evaluate what we were covering and try and find a way to fill in the gaps because we would have weeks where there'd be no news. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we'd just all be waiting to hear when the parks were going to reopen. Now we have a ton of news. The past couple of weeks <laughs> yeah, have just been right. like, packed with news. Insane. We have the cruise line news next week. It's... Mm-hmm. At 11, uh, 11 a.m. I just saw that right before we got on. Yes, <laughs> I'm very excited. I'm very excited. I'm trying to figure out how I can like finagle that so that I could maybe get my classes to watch that and turn it into some sort of educational thing. I mean, <laughs> there is some sort of Imagineer presentation. So I'm like, hmm, the, like the wheels are turning just a little bit, but I don't know if I can really manage it. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't think most people would complain about watching a press release. I guess you know maybe maybe we get sidetracked a little bit here, kind of talking Disney news because, like we mentioned, there is you know a lot coming up now. Now that the parks are kind of reopening, a lot to look forward to. I think this next year. What's um what are kind of, what's what are you most looking forward to? You know, in terms of the parks coming up. Okay, near term, I'm looking forward to the fiftieth, obviously, mm-hmm. and I feel kind of a little weird that we haven't gotten that much news, and mm-hmm. I wonder if it will be dampened at all by the pandemic, at least to start, and if it will right. you know, ramp up as we go longer into that 18-month uh, celebration. Right. Yeah. But I'm also really excited for the Tron, Light Cycle Power Run. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've not had the chance to go to the park in Shanghai, and yeah. um, I really would love to ride it. I'm really – I'm eagerly looking at the progress, you know, whenever I'm in the parks, um, and just, just wishing, hoping – you know, that, that it's sooner rather than later because I know they feel the building mm-hmm. and, you know, it's, it's going to be solved a little bit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I was going to say, I, I think I'm kind of with you, you know, with, with Remy pushing the kind of October when a lot of the reports are that that's ready to go. I think that that doesn't bode well for a quick start to the 50th. I think that kind of shows that a lot of this other stuff like Guardians and Tron are, are probably going to be the back half of the celebration right. that, you know, yeah, they're, they're still kind of in pandemic mode and, you know, maybe summer of 22, it really picks up and we get a, you know, a good, you know, nine or 10 months at, at the back half. But yeah, it, it, I'm, I'm looking forward to all that stuff as well. And yeah, no, what I thought was interesting was in their press release language, they called it seasons. So that mm-hmm. There will be seasons of the celebration, which yeah. seems to imply phases of new things being right. completed over the next 18 months. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which, I mean, to me, look, it's disappointing. I wanted all of us to be ready October <laughs> yeah. 1st. Yep. And that, that's clearly not going to happen. But I think, you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder and we're going to like it even more now because we've had to, we've had to wait and build the hype. 
Right. Exactly. Yeah. And then you don't go and experience it all at once. You have to right. go seven times because they keep right. doing new things. So it all works out well for them. And also for maybe me. helps yes. to tamp down the crowds a little bit as the pandemic is starting to hopefully peter out. <laughs> yes. Yes, definitely. Yeah. They, um, I think Disney probably wanted it all open right away too. And then, yeah, Angela, like you said, now they see it as an opportunity to get people to come back two or three times within that 18 month period because just have a new ride every six months that somebody will want to go see. So, suckers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll uh, so, some marketing people at Disney are, well, I went to the marketing people are really happy, but actually they're probably not happy that they don't get to have the big kickoffs they wanted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the money people, they're, yes, happy. they're happy. Yes, they're, they're happy. happy. <laughs> they're good. You know, kind of getting back to, you know, now you, you have this new site where you're kind of focusing more on building this community for, um, you know, people with disabilities to provide right. like news and, and a way for people to kind of communicate and share information. So, you know, you, you mentioned your kind of experience and how the cast members were, were very helpful um, in that time. But, you know, I guess just kind of in general, what does Disney have in place for someone with a disability? So the most obvious thing they have in place is DAS, the Disability Access Service where you can go to guest relations and they will load this like, privilege on your magic band and it will carry over to anyone who's with you in the park. It's part of your uh, family group on the MDE app. And you go up to like the front of a ride and you go, can I get a dash return time? It basically functions like a fast pass. So they go, all right, come back in 50 minutes to wait 60 minutes, come back in 50 and you go right through the fast pass line. Oh, and that's, really intended for folks who can't wait in line, right? They have some disability that inhibits their ability to stand in one place. Um, So I had a friend I was at Walt Disney World with in January. He has um, back and shoulder issues, and um, he has trouble standing in one place at a time. So you would get that, and you wouldn't have to, um, you know, wait in line by standing. You'd wait in line virtually, and you could walk around the park or eat or shop or even ride something that has a shorter wait time. Okay. Right. And so that that's the really obvious one. But then the the not so obvious thing they offer like audio descriptions um, for people who have visual impairments, um, and they will like describe okay. it's a little device, and they will describe to you what you should be seeing. Okay. Um, wow. they, have, they have closed captioning for people with um, who are hard of hearing. Wow. They have braille maps in different places around the parks. Wow, I did not what? know that. That's yeah, awesome. in regulations I mean, in the hub. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, 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 it makes perfect sense they have it, but I just never thought about it. But what's that- cool is, is that it's printed like a regular map, so it's useful even if you don't read no braille. Hmm. Okay. Wow. And, and then you have the even less obvious things that are less obvious than the less obvious things. Those are things you can get by request by politely asking. Like, for example, um, usually if you need a seat in the front of a show, you can speak to a cast member and they'll help you make that happen. Um, or if you're like me and you have trouble sitting in the dark, you might be able to ask politely at Haunted Mansion and get a flashlight. Um, now, what they do in that case is they hold... Um, however many cars you, you know you go to the ballroom stage mm-hmm. like 20 yeah. cars in front of you 20 cars behind you they actually hold that many cars so you're not ruining the experience 
for other guests. Okay. Okay. So it's kind of like a private yeah. private viewing of the haunted yes, mansion. This, I, I, right, now, I, I don't want to be clear here. I do not condone or encourage people lying about right. having a disability. Right, right, right. right. The ride with the flashlight, right? Yep. If you do that, you're not helping anyone. In fact, you should really think twice about that because you're kind of evil. You know? yeah, yeah, I was going to uh, say. And, and I was actually going to add, that was going to be one of my, my questions. Whenever you go for like the um, the disability pass or any of this stuff, does Disney require any sort of like medical proof or anything like no. that? Okay. I think that's for legal reasons. The legal department, um, you know, won't let them ask because you could, you know, they could get in trouble under the ADA for that mm-hmm. somehow. I don't really know how that works, but um, that could just be them being overly cautious, you know, and saying that we don't want, we don't want even the slightest chance of a lawsuit, even if we legally would be in good standing to ask you what your disability is and require a letter from your doctor. No, that's good to know. I was just again kind of wondering, you know, if people maybe have never traveled to Disney world or haven't been in a long time, you know, kind of or concerned maybe, about that. Like, yeah. do you need something? I was going to say, or maybe in- intimidated to go. Mm-hmm. Right. So, no, I will tell you the first time I found out about this service, I brought a letter from my doctor just uh, to be safe. It was really good to see it. Okay. Um, and then you were like, man, I went and did all this. And then like, I didn't you're telling it. me I could have been doing this the last 20 times I've been here. Um, how did I not know this existed? So we're kind of trying to uh, to bridge that gap, you know, for even the big fans who aren't aware that there are services mm-hmm. like that could really help them enjoy the park. Maybe they've just been going and kind of biting the bullet all these years, like I was. Yeah, and and is the best place to go for this? Uh, just guest services as soon as you get into the park, or right, you get services. Okay, and then are, are there any are there any like attractions that I guess are maybe don't offer any sort of like accommodations or are like better or worse. You know, if you have like a a disability, like I know there's certain attractions, like if you're in a wheelchair, right. You can, you can still ride it with the wheelchair, but others like require being able to transfer into the car. Okay. I mean, you know, every ride is different. I would say that everything, every attraction with a line offers gas. They do not offer gas okay. for like lines for shopping, which is something I think they could they could do, and that would be great. Like I went to Galaxy's Edge with my friend, and there was a long line to get into like the Batu Market, yeah. and we said we had to skip it, which you know was disappointing. He was a big Star Wars fan, right? They were only allowing like I forget how many people went at that time too. It wasn't very many. There was like I know you went in. I think I didn't even go in at all, or I ran in real fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they weren't letting many people in, so that makes right. Sense. Yeah, it's very limited. And even more limited once you actually get into like the booths, mm-hmm. it's like one party. Yeah, yeah, they got, yeah, just one one group in the shop at a time. Right. Yeah, which is not efficient. But you know, it's the pandemic. What can they do? Right. Yep. Right. Any other tips or things um, uh, you know people should know? I mean, I, I think all of that's been really good. Again, we didn't even you know realize they had maps and braille. I mean, yeah. I think to your point, you know, at the beginning, you, you like Disney because of their level of customer service and. You know, I think that just shows in, in this level of detail and, you know, they do whatever they can to, um, you know, be welcoming, you know, to all people, you know, you know, whatever your situation may be. But anything else like in, in particular, you, th- you think people it's good for them to know? Well, I would say just to always, always, always ask, you know, because the worst thing I can say is no. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I would give you more tips, but that would kind of undercut my site. So- right. No, no, I understand. <laughs> I understand. So business online, follow us on Twitter, <laughs> that kind of. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely, definitely check out the site, uh, and we'll put links um, uh, to this to both sites uh, in the in the show notes on here. So, I guess before we get you out here, we already talked about kind of your favorite food. Let's maybe talk about some of the other favorite things to do at the parks. Well, it's the best part. It's the best part of any conversation. <laughs> so, um, so, so what's what's your um, favorite ride? Yeah, fa- yeah, favorite attraction. Haunted Mansion. Okay. By now, far. It's so well. It's great. It's perfect. Now, I I assume you you typically go to Walt Disney World. Or, yes. Okay. So so do you prefer Disney World over Disneyland then? Specifically, I prefer Disney World's Haunted Mansion because you have that extra few scenes. Okay. With the library and the port, the changing portraits being part of the ride, and the music room and like the MC Escher staircase scene, mm-hmm. yep. um, are all wonderful enhancements. Um. But I like Pirates at Disneyland better. And I yes. think that I like Disneyland Park better than Magic Kingdom. Really? Okay. No, why, why is that? Well, A, it's the original. And B, okay. there's so much more to do in that park than there is in Magic Kingdom. Right? Like you get Star Tours and Indiana Jones and yeah. the Fellowship Columbia and Toontown and the Subs and the Matterhorn. You know, and the list goes, and Mr. Toad, you know, and I'm sold now. I am. Yep. <laughs> you, you convinced me. We, we've only been to Disneyland one time, so it's, it's hard for us to kind of compare, but you know, as you're rattling all those off, I'm like, Oh, you're right. There is a lot, a lot yeah. more in Disneyland. But there's also a lot that's not there, right? There's no Everest. There's no Pandora. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I, I would say that Walt Disney world is the better overall resort. Right. Yeah. But Disneyland, I think is the better park. When you compare it to the Magic Kingdom, uh, Joe's favorite park, I think, is the Magic Kingdom. And I always like I, I always go there and I'm like, I love the castle. And then after the castle, I'm like, OK, I could ride a couple things, but I'm pretty done after a little bit. Like, I love the park, but it's just like the food and like some of the other parks are way better. Yeah. Um, no, I, think I, I really need to improve food like in that park that that's unacceptable for the flagship park. Yeah, exactly. I'm I'm not a big food guy, so I think that's probably why <laughs> it passes me. So, Walt Walt Disney World parks. What what's your favorite there? Very difficult question. I love them all, but my I think when the Epcot renovation is done, that will be my favorite mm-hmm. because it will be new and shiny. <laughs> um, but you know, Magic Kingdom has the nostalgia. Hollywood Studios has Tower of Terror. Mm-hmm. Animal Kingdom is so richly detailed. Yes, I would kind of be leaning to say Animal Kingdom just because it's so well done. That's the correct choice. <laughs> That's my argument always. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I mean, the Joe Rody touch is amazing, and like Pandora, and it's yeah, it's so de- detailed. You have so many different things you can do. I love Animal Kingdom. <laughs> when I was talking with an Imagineer, and I'm like, you work with Joe Rody? <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, yeah, but like, to me, he's just a colleague. Right, yeah, like, he, yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. So you, that's totally not cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, like he's, just, he's just Joe. He's just, just Joe. Yeah, just another guy I work with. Office down the hall, yeah. Oh, that's great. 
What's one thing on your Disney bucket list that you would love to do, whether that's an international park or some behind the scenes tour, you know, something crazy that's not even available to the public? <laughs> well, A, I'd like to visit every Disney park worldwide. Okay. Yep. Um, and B, I would like to be able to walk around Haunted Mansion like, and walk through it and just explore. Okay. Yeah. To me, I mean, going through it with a flashlight is great, but like, I want to touch stuff. You know, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I know they'd probably be like, don't do that. Don't, don't touch anything. But, but yeah, that's what I'm going to do. I, I, I want to like move a book or move a trinket on my table. So every time I ride, I'm like, I did that. Yeah. I, I think for me, I, I, I'm always fascinated with, yeah, just the details of the ride. And, and I've always said that if, if I could go, behind the scenes of an attraction or you know, go to Imagineering. Like that, that would just be the dream. Well, yeah, I want to go to Imagineering and see what all the secret projects that we're mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be great. And, and building Imagineers, they'll be like, Oh, well, I'm under NDA. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I respect that. But <laughs> Hey, I'd sign an NDA if they'd let me walk around. Right. Me too. Right? I won't I'd tell be, anybody. I'd be tight-lipped. Yeah. 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 It's easy. I, I could tell nobody. Nobody would ever know. But I would. That's all that mattered. Secret knowledge. I love yep. that secret knowledge. What is your all-time favorite Disney movie? Beauty and the Beast, the animated version. Oh, you were good fast choice. on good that. Choice, I yeah. was. Yeah, that is a good movie, though. Perfect. It's just excellent. Just, just phenomenal. So, what did you think about the live-action version then? Do we have to talk about that? Like, <laughs> that, that's an answer that right there. I there think you that, go. That I think it's an all. answer in itself. That's. I mean, it wasn't bad. But it didn't recapture the magic to me. Emma Watson can't sing, <laughs> um, which is kind of you know a must for Belle, mm-hmm. I think. Um, I just think that they added some lovely details and you know fleshed out the story a little bit more, but it just didn't recapture the magic. I think a lot of them are like that's how I feel about the Lion King one because that's my favorite, and I'm just like every time I, I don't know we watched the one time I'm just like I. Don't like what they did with the dialogue. I don't like how they dumbed down Scar's dialogue. I don't like how they change like the things that they chose to change. I don't like the lack of expression on their faces. So I, I get it completely. Like you just can't touch those classics. The only live action remix I think has been better, objectively better, is Cinderella. I thought they, they added so much more to the story. It felt more believable. Like, I think it's really, when you watch the original version, you're like, wait, why would anyone agree to basically be a slave in their own house? Like, why wouldn't you just leave? Right. Um, are they, are they, do they have you in, like, chains? Literally? Yeah. Um, but they kind of made it about, oh, it's her family's house, you know? And she stayed there out of obligation to her family. Right. Yeah. And they brought a lot more backstory on the print. And it was just, so much better. Very, 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 very much better. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Makes well, sense. Well, Gray, we, we really appreciate it. Like I said, we will put um, links to everything in the description, but if you want to mention your Twitter or plug away. Yeah, yeah. people <laughs> where they can find you. So I'm at Gray Hauser, G-R-A-Y-H-O-U-S-E-R on like all the social medias. And then we really appreciate it if you liked us on Facebook Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at disability at Disney on Twitter. It's just disability at Dis because the character limit mm-hmm. um, and visit the site disability at Disney.com. We'd really 
love to have you. We actually had you sign up for our email list some exclusive tips you can get that we're not putting out anywhere else. Awesome. Great. That that sounds great. And and again, we, we really appreciate it. This was really insightful and, and hopefully um, this helps some of our, our listeners as well. And if you know they, they want to find out more, they can check out your site. So um, thank, thank you, you yeah. again. We really appreciate it. No, I'm just honored to be here. Thank you so much. All right, I want to thank Gray for joining the show. I think it was really insightful. Yeah, know, neither was. of us really know anybody with a disability that's traveled to Disney. So this isn't something that we have a lot of experience with. So it was really great getting uh, Gray's perspective on this. And hopefully, you know, any of our listeners, if you have a disability, if you know somebody with a disability who's thinking about going to Disney, you know, and, and maybe is hesitant because they're not sure the, the procedures and protocols there, uh, you know, hopefully this was helpful. And again, if you want to check out Gray's website, it's disability at Disney.com. We will put a link to that in the description below. Yeah, thanks, Gray. We really appreciate your time and like filling us in. I want to thank everybody again for listening this week. If you've not done so already, please leave us a rating or a review. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps. Thanks for letting us your ears. Have a great week, everybody, and we'll see you here next Monday. Bye-bye. That was, that was creepy. That, time. that was the Haunted Mansion version.